Good morning. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is Sports Psychology Today. Every week on our podcast, I interview a guest about the mental side of sports, about reality, about their lives, and about the things they've done in sport that help athletes and help themselves become better people. The world of sports is a very involved discipline. Today in sports, obviously, there are many issues going on that we could talk about on this show for hours. The past couple of weeks, we've been enamored with the scenario that's gone on involving U.S. gymnastics and the terrible situation that happened with their team physician, Dr. Larry Nasser, and the sexual abuse that he is guilty of. And the young women who have come forward and talked about what happened to them, over 100 young ladies, gymnasts at all levels, from Olympic gold medalists all the way down, have come forward and shared their stories about how this man sexually abused them. Unfortunately, in the world of sports, these issues happen a lot more commonly than we think. They don't happen all the time. They don't happen everywhere, but they do happen. I have been a sports psychologist in Kansas City for 37 years. I've had the privilege to work with athletes at all levels of competition, from the Olympic level all the way down to youth sports. I was the United States Olympic cycling team team psychologist in the 1980s. I've been team psychologist for the Kansas City Royals, the University of Kansas, and I've worked with athletes all over the country. I also just wrote a book with two co-authors. The book is called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. My two co-authors are Jeff Montgomery, Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer, one of the best closers in baseball, and Pete Malone, head coach of the Kansas City Blazers swim team for close to 40 years. I asked both these gentlemen to write the book with me because not only knowing them from professionally working with them and their teams, but also having them, each of them coach my sons. Jeff coached my older son in baseball. Pete coached my younger son in swimming. My younger son, Gregory, who Pete coached, went on to swim until his senior year at New York University. I've had the privilege to know Pete Malone since 1983, working with athletes from his team for years as, as the team psychologist, working with the teams as well. We had a situation on our swim team where we're going to talk about this morning. Pete's going to be joining me here in a moment. We had a situation with the coach Pete was basically grooming to take over the program when he retired. It's well documented. His name was Craig Ivancy. Craig was coaching my son Gregory. Everybody loved him. Great guy. He'd been with the program for several years. And then all of a sudden, we find out Craig was guilty of sexual abuse with a swimmer and attempting to have sex with another swimmer. This came to light. It basically turned the program upside down. Pete was grooming Craig to take over the, the team. Everything changed. Everything changed with the program. It changed with the kids. I had to spend several hours talking with these kids about what happened. It came on just as our season was starting in the fall. And this is a situation that I have dealt with personally. Pete Malone has dealt with personally. It's affected both of our lives. It's affected a lot of lives of a lot of kids in the program. Pete has coached gold medalists in the Olympics. He's coached hundreds of kids, and I mean hundreds, who've gone on to swim in college. He's a good friend of mine. He's someone who understands the situation, and it's something we need to talk about. So, Pete Malone, my good friend, thanks for joining me this morning. Well, thank you very much, Andy. Glad to be with you today. You know, this issue that you and I have talked about with USA Gymnastics is a tragedy. It's, 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 it's a despicable situation. But unfortunately, this stuff happens. 
world. And there are reasons why these situations continue. I think from my per, per, perspective, in my opinion, is a couple of things. Number one, these young girls, didn't. a lot of them didn't know any better. They didn't know what was going on, okay, when he's examining them because a lot of them were too young to know. Number two, a lot of them did know. They were scared to say anything because they didn't want to affect their status on the team. Number three, there's probably a good chance some of the parents knew and didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to jeopardize their daughter's position on the team or possibility of making a National Olympic team. So we have several issues going on here. But we also have a situation where you have a sex predator involved with kids. And somebody should have spoken up, but nobody did. Now, thankfully, it's come to light, and he won't hurt anyone again. But we had this situation with our team. So give me your thoughts right now on what's happened with USA Gymnastics and share with our listeners just basically how these mm -hmm. things can happen because it affected you and me with the swim team. Well, I've been following it relatively close because, one, it affected myself personally because it threw me into a major challenge at a very late part of my coaching career and sports leadership career. And... um so in turn, I, again, did a lot of dissecting of how it could have happened, why it happened, you know, what I could have done to prevent it more, and certainly was challenged in that way. So, so it's been over 10 years since this has taken place, uh, closer to 15, actually, um, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15, you might say. And, but, you know, if I had to give, from everything I've read, everything I see on the news, and just seeing a little news blurb this morning um, that they've assessed that when the FBI started investigating him, there were 23 more girls that were accosted or injured during that investigation. That's one of the major problems because they didn't get a stop sign on it way at the beginning of the investigation. That I can't answer why that could have continued to happen. But there's an error, a huge error in the system if we didn't, if we had knowledge or we had some kind of sense that there was something going on. I don't want to ruin somebody's life, but if we're not taking care of something better at that point, that's major. Now, the second part of it, and I'm going to relate it to that most of what I'm hearing is what I call firefighting. And um, it's like they're trying to put out the fire. And they're trying to, you know, take care of the damage from the fire. But they're not dealing with preventing the fires. And, you know, we just, there's so many things we do in life, and we, we try to prevent them once we've learned from them. And most of what I'm hearing, you know, the gymnastics board resigning and Michigan State going through such a major you know, evaluation and losing their president, their athletic director. I mean, those are all good things if they had any part of this to happen. But those are those people got involved after the problem was already going on and the fire is burning. And they didn't cause the fire. They didn't start the fire. You know, it all started with this one doctor. And, but again, there's another thing added to the fire and this is called we as parents and i'm a parent of three daughters and my daughters were very young at the time well they weren't that young they were late teens early 20s but 
you know, but I was at that stage where they were just entering college and that kind of stuff. And it was very much impacted me looking in the mirror. And, but I would say that what are we doing as parents? And I haven't heard that conversation. I've heard about all the angry parents. I've heard about how disgusted they are that parents are in the room, you know, but, and it was just a master of it. But the point is, in the parenting situation, we've got to make sure our children know that they can talk with us, not at us. And we need to make sure that we are doing everything we can right from the beginning to oversee it. But I think, you know, you've done many shows that I listen to almost every Sunday. I try to listen to your radio show and your podcast. And I listen to it, and you're frequently talking about the roles of officials and roles of parents and and how they're over the top and that we've got little eight-year-olds playing in baseball that are traveling all over the country. This is where that problem comes, you know, because um, we as parents have put our, athlete, our child's ability to perform or their ability to win, and we've lost, we, we lose sight too frequently of why we want them to play sport, or at least why we should want them to play sport, which is for the growth experience. It's for the opportunity to learn work-goal relationships. It's for the opportunity to develop the balance between winning and losing and fear and failure and success. You know, these are all great things that will make them better people in life. But when we put the results in front of developing our child and keeping our child in a safe place, we're making a big mistake. So we need to make sure we're doing some real major focus on not letting the fire get started. You know, you had, you had a situation with, with our team where the man you were grooming to basically take over the program, we found out had attempted to have sex with a swimmer and then subsequently found out he had had sex with another swimmer. Everybody well, loved everybody loved yeah. the guy, right? Everybody loved Craig. Everybody, I mean, I loved him. He was a great guy. My son loved him. The people, in fact, I was uh, one of my good friends was playing golf with him the day all this stuff came out in in in, in the press. And what well, we what we found out was was that even though you did a background check on him, there were things he didn't tell people, things that we didn't know. And so we've got several issues here that I think in our, in, in the short time we're talking today, we can try to address. Number one. Let's face it, we need to do background checks on people who coach kids. I don't think we, we, we can disagree on that. I think we agree 100%. We need to be background checks. We need to check out what these people have done, find things out about them. Number two, there are always going to be things we can't find out. But when something starts to happen, it needs to be addressed. A lot of people you know, sweep it under the rug, avoid the situation because they don't want to deal with it. They're thinking, oh, no, no, that, that can't be happening. So I think confronting the issue is important. And I think putting your kids' health and safety above everything else has to be number one. Do you agree with that? I agree with that 100%. That I mean, obviously I've coached gold medals in the Olympics. And, and, I've, and most of my gold medalists were kids that started with me somewhere between seven and eight years old and went through the whole process and were developed in Kansas City. Um, and... You know, they were, they were an evolution of the program and an evolution of themselves finding their potential. But they didn't so start you, with you directly. They started with age group coaches and oh, worked yeah, up to being coached by you. Oh, yeah, they with age group coaches. And I, the key word I said was program, okay? 
because by the stage that my first gold medalist, well, my first gold medalist pretty much was with me where I was coaching her from probably age nine or 10 on. But that's just because of the nature of the program. I coached a lot of the beginning levels in that point of my career. But, um, but I had five of them. And certainly in the latter stage, I didn't. I was working with mostly kids between ages 13 to 18. I had many in college, many that even then evolved to kids postgraduate. But let's not talk about that. Let's use the Craig incident as an example to discuss. All the background checks in the world would never have found anything. This Craig's situation, as bad as it is, and it was very bad, um, in my opinion, there's nothing in his background or anything that's ever t- took place in his life that led us signs to this. So stopping him because of just a background check or whatever wouldn't have stopped him. And the other thing is, and the good news is, Craig was stopped because a parent listened to their child. You referred to the young lady that was being groomed. And, you know, and Craig was in the situation where I was getting a lot of pressure all the time because we had multiple sites of the program. And a lot of the kids' parents wanted their children to be in his site because he was doing a really good job. And, And they knew that he was being groomed eventually to move into helping me at the elite level. And... And because we had him doing some substitute coaching, some things when I was gone off on national team things and stuff. So they all wanted to be in there. And I said, no, you got to, it's all my coaches are good. It's all going to work. Everybody has equal rights to get into the program. Well, the girl that he was grooming that he never, other than grooming, never had any activity with, you know, she was in a different site. You know what I mean? And, but they, he had a magic. He was definitely a Pied Piper, which you hear that term so frequently with people that come through this. I mean, you hear about the Nasser thing that he gave him candy. He was the only one that smiled at me. He was the only one nice. Craig was the one that just really had a, he had a magic about him, and he was good. Now, the thing is, the parents listened. They didn't come to me. They immediately went to the authorities, and thank God they did. And immediately the FBI put a sting situation together. Well, let's just start- let's just let's just discuss real quickly for our listeners what happened was he basically sent her an email about wanting to see her that had some uh, disgusting things in it. She then went to her parents, showed it to her parents, and the parents went to the police, and then they subsequently set up a sting operation. And they set it up and they handled right. this wonderfully. I mean. When they eventually took him down that night and you said he was playing golf with your friend that day, you know, and it was, you know, they they, they were at his house. They were at where they were going to catch him, and he lived with another one of my coaches, and they seized all the computers. I mean, they did everything that they could possibly do, and they did it well, and they did it quick. But they only can do if they're questioned, Okay if they get the opportunity. And the problem is the parent didn't worry about whether their daughter got into my elite group, didn't worry about whether she could get over to his program. They worried about her, okay? And I don't know all the circumstances, but there's way too many girls that have been affected by this and the gymnastics thing. And too many parents were turning their head. 
doesn't justify one thing. Well, let me let me interject something here, and that's what's where I want to go with this because you and I had to deal with this directly as the head coach and the team psychologist with the team. Like I said, Craig coached my son. The individual he was playing golf with that day had two daughters he was coaching, so we all knew him quite well. Okay, you just mentioned about parents turning their heads, and that's what I want to address in the, in the latter part of our show here. As a, as a head coach, as someone who's in the Hall of Fame of swimming, as a coach, a coach of gold medalists of, of as I said, hundreds of kids, hundreds of kids who went on to swim in college, including my son, Okay, what do you say to parents? Because you coached for 40 years, you coached thousands of kids. What do you say to parents when they suspect something may be going on? What should they do? And why do you think some parents don't say anything? Well, part of the question, they don't do it because their desire for their child to succeed and grow, which is not so bad, taints the way they are listening the way they hear and what they're saying. And so in turn, listening to their child, they're more focused on where they go. And and they got to sort through it. But that's part of parenting. Okay? And, I mean, obviously the FBI was informed, according to this article I just glanced at this morning, and 22 more girls were injured after they were investigating them. I mean... We shut this down immediately with the help of the FBI because they, they clamped on us. But it wasn't 22 more people, and there was only two people involved. We would have never known about the first person because fortunately Craig gave up that he had had this long-range affair, if you want to call it, whatever, however you want to, abuse, um, with someone, another girl in our team, which had been going on for a couple of years, and that they wasn't going on at that time. But the bottom line is, I don't want to go get into all the details, is, is that he gave it up. And that caused us to dig deeper and look deeper. And, you know, no, just like you said, I brought you in. I already had you involved with the program, both having a child in it, but you were also working with my program as a sports psychologist, and I had you conducting parents' meetings to talk about the welfare of children and how they can do a good job to bring their child through sport. A lot more of that needs to go on right from the beginning in all programs. I mean, you when you read most of the data, and I'm very aware of what the Gymna- National Gymnastics Federation functions like, and I'm very aware of the Caroli Ranch and the, the magnitude of it, that's a place where fire can start. Do you th- let me ask this question, Pete? Let me ask this question. Do you think USA Gymnastics ignored the signs of all of this? Because obviously somebody had to have spoken up about something. You have had a number of gymnastics coaches in this country who've been accused of things. Okay. Do you think USA Gymnastics turned a blind eye to this because this guy had been with the program for a long time and he is the team physician? I think their desire to succeed, and I'll just use the 2016 Olympics as an example, okay? Um, Because supposedly stuff was already turned into them in 2015, according to what all I know is what I see in the press, okay? There seems to be gaps in working children, okay? And, you know, yeah, I think I'm not 
I'm, I think Michigan State made mistakes. I think gymnastics made mistakes. I think the Crowley Ranch crew made mistakes. I mean, but again, the fire was going. Okay, and and obviously this is a very and you know and in, what's even worse is is the Craig Evansix because there was nothing on his computer. There's nothing found other than the one incident of abuse and then the one grooming. And you know we it was stopped. Obviously, the first child was injured. You know, the second one was emotionally challenged okay but but the second one God, the second God. one obviously was a strong and, and, and of course i spent time with her she was strong enough to deal with this and was a, a wonderful young lady and got it she understood it because her parents were not afraid to speak up so I, as we wrap up our interview today the advice you would give the parents is what because you coached thousands of kids you and you and i had to deal with this situation with our team what is the advice you give to parents regarding these situations? What would you tell them? How should they handle it? What should they do? Don't get so mesmerized with the dream or the goal or how well your child does. You know, allow the referees to referee, allow the coaches to coach, but you need to keep your lights on and you need to be listening and you need to be looking at all the different conditions that you're seeing. And when in question, you need to talk with your child and make sure they feel that you're that you're with them 100% because I think it's because of that why that young lady was able to talk to her parents because they drove a great deal of distance to have their child swim in our program every night. So she's in the car with mom or dad, and, you know, that became a place where they developed that relationship. You've got to have a strong relationship, especially the more they move up the ladder. But, again, sports is a vehicle to developing the total person. It's not an end in itself. And I realize where professional sports have gone. I realize where Olympic sports have gone and the amount of money that's involved here. And But, again, at the root of it, that's only 1% of those that entered sport and all the advantages the sport gives so parents have your lights on and be part of preventing the fire and we also need to make sure we have our organizations accountable and they have to have their lights on so it's about communication it's about listening it's about understanding the situation and being straightforward with your kids with your coaches with the administrators about these situations and not being scared to speak up. You and I both right. know in this situation and other situations that I've had to deal with in my life, people are afraid to speak up. People are afraid to say anything. They don't want to cause problems. But when something's going on that's not right, you have to speak up. And thank God that, that these young ladies in gymnastics have all come forward now and spoken up. And I'll tell you what, the bravery they've had to stand in that courtroom and look this guy in the face, look him in the eye, and say what they did, I admire every one of those young ladies. And I agree with you, and I 100% had them all in my prayers, but it's sad that they had to stand in that courtroom, okay? And it's sad that their life has been altered. It's sad that for many of them had to revisit something that they probably had buried in their subconscious. 
Well, and it's something they're all going to have to something they're all going to have to deal with now and handle and, and work through. But and for many but, many of them, the, it's affected them tremendously. It will affect their entire life. But and but it also opens the door for us all to make the future better. Okay, and and I guess we have to find the blessing in this in this cloud of rain and storm and try to feel how we can make sure. It's great that we're putting out the fire. It's great that we're thinking about some of the things, but we need to be far more involved in the prevention of this fire. And, you know, in, and, in, in our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports, we don't address sexual abuse directly, but we address indirectly issues with coaches and parents and everything. And we talk about this quite a bit. You contributed tremendously to that part of the book. And it's something that has to be dealt with, I think, as parents, when you sign your kids up for any activity, sports, music, debate, art, doesn't matter. Be a well, good listener. I, take the time to observe. See what's going on. Don't turn a blind eye in, 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 in the, with the goal of success and gold medals. Parenting isn't just allowing them the opportunity to reach their potential and their dreams. Parenting is also being part of the growth cycle and being able to mentor them and guide them. And the, the higher risk that you put them into circumstances, you need to also be engaged and making sure that the environment stays safe. Pete Malone, my good friend, thank you for joining me today. Great advice. You, you know, unfortunately, you and I had to go through this situation, and we've shared it this morning with our listeners. I think the uh, experience obviously changed us both. Um, I think it's made us both wiser. It's educated both of us about life and people, and uh, I think the advice you've given this morning is tremendous. I want to thank you for joining me today, and uh, you know, and as always, uh, your your leadership and your guidance helped literally thousands of kids accomplish tremendous goals. So thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for inviting me for this opportunity. Good luck, Doctor, and uh, good luck with all your quests that are yet to come. Okay. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Pete Malone, my good friend, for joining me today. This information we shared today was about a situation we had with our team, the Kansas City Blazers, the swim team that I worked with for close to 30 years, Pete coached for 40 years. Hopefully, if you listen to what Pete said today as a parent, it will give you some advice on what to do with your kids. Make sure you take the time to listen to them, observe you know, I always say a good coach is a good psychologist. A good parent is a good psychologist. Evaluate, listen, watch. These situations don't happen all the time. They don't happen that often, but they do happen. And it's important that you, as a parent from my perspective, I'm a parent of two sons, watch what happens, observe the things that go on, listen, and speak up if you need to. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Sports Psychology Today. If you'd like to reach me, you can get a hold of me on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Thanks for listening to Sports Psychology Today.